That night I had a dream. I drifted off thinking about happiness, birth, and new life. I'm a chemical super freak, but I still need a gun. Now I was haunted by a vision of... Going to detain a blighter for enjoying his whiskey. He was horrible. We don't have time to meet his mother! Oh, oh, my personal favorite. Had their entrails cut out and burned. <laughs> a man with all the powers of hell at his command. Oh, bitch, is this in 3D? No, but your face is. You could turn the day into night. Have a nice flight. And laid the waste to everything in his path. Chrissy, over by the wall. Bring me the big knife. It was especially hard on little things. Bring me the big knife. I'm gonna cut my throat. The helpless and the gentle creatures. Give me my wife. He let the scorched earth in his wake be foul on even the sweet desert breeze that whipped across his brow. It's like unbeatable. I didn't know where he came from or why. It's not exactly my ties and Yahtzee out here. I don't know if he would dream or vision. But I feared that I myself had unleashed him. You still like Italian? Welcome back to the unbearable weight of Nicolas Cage. I'm Luke. I'm Devin. And Justin Long played James Comey in an investigation, The Search for the Truth in 10 Acts, in 2018. Oh, and he was drunken wingman in Ver- the Veronica Mars movie. That was good. That was very good. I'm happy. Uh, yes, you have stumbled into Abby describing herself being uh, forced to watch these movies. I made a apt uh, metaphor comparing her to Joel Hodgson on MST3K, and then Devin and Abby both thought of John Hodgman, which went to the Apple commercials, which went to, what's Justin Long up to? That's our... Yes. Uh, That is our mental space going into uh, the movie. Who remembers what we're watching today? Alcatraz! The Rock. The Rock. Alcatraz! It's not... I did think for about the past week that we were watching G-Force. I mean, they are both Nicolas Cage movies. (laughs) I think we're watching G-Force next week? Well, in two weeks. Yeah. Alcatraz! We're gonna go to the place in the Frisco Bay where criminals were held. It's Alcatraz! That might actually fucking work in the rhyme scheme, and yes. I kind of hate it so much. It's too early for songs, Luke. Uh, that's why we wake up in God's chosen time zone at like 8 o'clock. So we can Gross. have coffee and deal with things and look up Fallout pen and paper role-playing game systems. Or read or listen to audiobooks, you know. But you didn't pass out at 6... Or no, at 2.30 a.m. Yeah. I had a nice period of being awake from midnight to 4 a.m. I went to bed at like 11.30 after finishing the uh, regular show Thanksgiving special. I also fell asleep at like 8. Nice. Mm Mm-hmm. My roommate and I went from watching Spider-Man 2. The Spider-Man Eyes 3? Without, no, we'll watch Spider-Man 3 next week. <laughs> to Eyes Without a Face. To House. The the Japanese film, not the... Uh, oh, correct. Medical show. Yes. 
See, in my, in, for me, that went from movie I'm not familiar with to Billy Ocean's song to medical drama. Mm-hmm. That's fair. No, this is the Japanese house-eating film, House. Which was It's Japan's... a house that eats people, not people who eat a house. Yes. Not like this is a weird fetish movie about people who want to eat buildings. And it is, uh, it was Japan's answer to Jaws. Which is fucking wild. Wild! Because it's more like a Suspiria from what I've heard. Oh, 100%. I have heard wonderful things about it. I have just not gotten to see it. So HBO Max now, Luke. Okay. Well, I might go and see it, even though I am, as the kids say, a coward. God, it's not spooky at all. Yeah, I, I've heard it's just very weird in the same way that Suspiria is. I need to make an ad hoc edit. Eyes Without a Face is a Billy Idol song, not a Billy Ocean song. It's a Billy Eilish song? I said Idol. I know, I was just continuing. Please don't gaslight about my, me about my pronunciation of 80s pop stars' names. But yeah, it's also a famous piece of uh, cinematography. I didn't think it was that good. I, don't, I didn't get the hype. But Devin, it's eyes without a face. That was a very bad Jerry Seinfeld. Oof. 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 Anyway. I couldn't even tell that that's what you were going for. I'm yeah, quitting I, the podcast and moving out. I started... Go for it. I mean, I... Weird energy we have this morning. Uh, anyways, The Rock is a 1996 movie starring Nicolas Cage. Uh, it's got some Sean Cohn. You know what else came out in 1996? Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> yes! Crash Bandicoot 4 in stores now. Abby knows that because we watched the Polygon video about trying to get into the 1996 space to appreciate the new Crash Bandicoot if you do not have the uh, emotional connection to it. Ah. Meanwhile, I was on the chosen system, the N64, even though I didn't even get my N64 for like another few years. At the time, I was at the true chosen system, the Sega Genesis. I was an N64 boy. I was Sega Genesis, I eventually would get when I bought it from a neighbor during a garage sale. Which came with such things, such as a complete in-box copy of Sonic the Hedgehog 2. But more importantly, a complete in-box with manual version of Shaq Fu. (laughs) Beautiful. It is beautiful. Uh, so. Was this neighbor much older than you, or were they just like a sad narc who had never opened any of their games? Uh, I don't know. Well, they were significantly older than me. No, oh, okay. So I think I bought it in high school, like, they were like at least 40. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, Fair. That's, that's how Devin got Shaq. Yeah. So, uh, The Rock, Michael Bay. 
It's an action film. Oh, we're in for boom boom times. Boom boobs, boom boobs. It's also over two hours long. The script was also helped written by acclaimed director Quentin Tarantino. Can we watch it at 1.5 speed? No. Fast boom booms. That destroys the tension. You can't see Abby making a, like, I give a shit about this, I don't want to sit through an over two hour long movie. But it's like, watch, I'll put it this way for you, Abby, to get you on the board. It's another, uh, con air, basically. Okay, I can get on board with that. See, Devin knows how to sell movies. Good job, Devin. Thumbs up. Thank you. It's another one of the 90s cage thrillers, which goes all out. Must Google the state of Cage's hair in this movie. I mean, we'll we'll get to it once we start the movie. Uh, I like to have a preview of how long it's going to be. So, Devin, you've you've seen the movie before. I've seen a short bit of the movie... Because I think AMC or some channel had it, and then my dad, who had the remote, was like, "Mm, I'm just going to go and go through some other channels, and maybe we'll come back to it if the commercials are on the other, then, because I never got back to it. Classic dad move. It is a classic dad move. And uh, also, for people who listen in the feed, you should also see another... Uh, movie because Devin and I brought back our acclaimed slash first episode of the podcast series Boys on Film. Boys on Film. We watched The Sandman. <laughs> Neil Gaiman's Sandman. I love I mean, The Sandman. Luke does not get made. The Sandman. I enjoy some, but I. Luke did not get The Sandman. Yeah. Everyone else, even like one of the big film critics that I follow on Letterboxd, even he was like, yeah, I laughed every time Sandman did the funny voice, and laughed every time overly large-sized objects were chucked at his head. And I'm like, thank you. Right at the AV Club. While Luke was watching it, and just made sad sounds that in the year 2020, Adam Sandler is still doing weird voices. Yeah, oh, I, I brought up all of your comments on it in the podcast that you won't listen to. Abby's giving like two thumbs up. He did bring it up. <laughs> so if you want more movie content from at least Devin and I, uh, there's that to look forward to, though it definitely does miss that third heat that you bring, <laughs> which is you're not afraid of contradicting me on things. I don't think Devin's afraid of contradicting you either. But he contradicts me on different things. So it's like you need two forces pushing against me to beat me down so I can stay on track. We've spent the first 12 minutes of this podcast not actually talking about The Rock at all. Oh yeah, that was that was the other thing. Like We were very on topic for Boys on Film. So you can say it without making it into a jingle. 
Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Okay, so The Rock. It takes place in Alcatraz. Nick Cage cut his hair off, which is sad. Apparently there's a green glowing vial of shit, and it also stars... John Leguizamo? I can't remember the other guy's name. Sean Connery? No. The one who's... All the trivia on their IMDb page is about the fact that they were also in this movie with Nicholas Cage. Harris. There we go. Is John... No. Was not, I'm pretty sure John, not yeah, John Leguizamo is not in this movie at all. <laughs> it was literally the name that I... Like, the only name I could think of. So I just used it as a placeholder. <laughs> it's Sean fucking Connery! No, I think she no. was confusing Ed Harris. For Ed Harris! Ed. Oh, okay, so you confused Ed Harris and John Leguizamo. I didn't confuse them, I just couldn't think of Ed Harris's name, and John Leguizamo was the only name that was coming to mind. I knew you'd correct me, so I just said John Leguizamo. Okay. Okay. Uh, but yeah. We get, uh... It's got a big cast, but we'll go over that after the film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. I saw that John McGinley is in this, and I'm excited. Yeah. Okay, so if there's an actor whose last name starts with L, then I totally conflated John McGinley, that actor whose last name start with L, starts with L and came up with John Linguizamo. John McGinley is Dr. Cox from Scrubs? That's a McGinley starts with an M. I know, I'm saying if there is... An actor whose last name starts with L. You would have had to have gone down very far. I was going to say, on the Wikipedia article, there is no one whose name, last name starts with L. Okay. Or even first. Anyways, uh, are we ready to go into this movie? I Absolutely. Think so. All right, well. Let's watch a heist to and or from Alcatraz. You can watch this on the hit program channel, Amazon Prime. Is it for free on there? Also, it looks like it's supposedly on the Hulu. Is Nicolas Cage in Shawshank Redemption? Or maybe it's on Hulu, I don't know. Are these the same movies? It is is for free, though, on uh, the Prime. The Rock. Like when you test the type in the rock, the first like things it gives you is the rock, black cop. <laughs> You're looking for Shawshank Redemption now. The rock and the road and the rabbi, Con Air, Napoleon Dynamite, and then the next one that it wants you to watch is Shrek. <laughs> Donkey. Beautiful. It's like what does typing in the rock make me make? I'm thinking that's what I want to watch. Well, I do want to watch Shrek, but... Who doesn't want to watch Shrek? Uh, okay, it is on uh, Hulu. So, if you the have Hulu... Prime. Yeah, you, you have options. It, it is two hours and 16 minutes long. It is classified as an action-adventure movie, and it is rated R. Awesome. Well, uh, we'll see you on the other side of this. Is Sean Connery wearing a parachute? 
It looks like Sean Connery's wearing a parachute. He might be wearing a harness of some sort. It better be a parachute. He's also wearing an explosion. It might be a parachute. Anyways, catch you on the other side. Action Cage is best cage. Action Cage is best cage. Mm-hmm. 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 So, Abby, what did you think? It was great. I sincerely loved it. I was also excellent at guessing what the fuck was going to happen, which makes me very happy. Good. Did you guess that there was going to be a surprise minecart chase scene? I did not guess that there was going to be a surprise minecart chase scene. I did wonder why the fuck there was a minecart in the bottom of Alcatraz. Oh, we all there, did, but... There was also originally going to be a much larger actual minecart chase scene, but they ran out of budget for it. Fuck yeah. I completely believe that. Yeah, this... This movie is wild. Uh, the production sounds crazy because I kept it. It sounds a lot like whenever Michael Bay or Jerry Bruckheimer have a problem, they're like, "Oh, we got to go talk to these people." And John Connery was like, "All right, send me along with those fuckers, and I'll give them one too." And then all the people were just like, "Oh, we love you, Sean Connery. Here, here's the money that you need. Here's the permission." I mean, honestly, that's really all you need. Yeah. I would give Sean Connery lots of money if Sean mm-hmm. Connery asked me for lots of money. Well, to be fair, Michael Bay doesn't have, didn't have the pull then that he does now, because this was only his second film. Mm-hmm. That's fair. After I did not realize done. how much Bruckheimer and Cage have done together. Yeah. And well, Jerry Bruckheimer, like, <clears throat> the 90s through early 2000s, I mean, that man was everywhere. That is true. Actually, in 80s, too. Yeah, man, man was just everywhere. I will say that it was very easy to tell that it was a Bruckheimer-produced film in the beginning when it just fucking starts with straight-up action with, like, no explanation or exposition. Mm-hmm. That is Bruckheimer all the way. I love this movie. This was Good. excellent. Yeah, no, 90s action cage is, is great. He is the best. And what a cast to support him. <laughs> This could have been an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, but apparently Arnold didn't like the script, so he turned it down. Though it was a much earlier stage of the script when it was just a loose outline. That's fair. At the same time, it's just like, sir, I love your movies, but it's not like your movies have great scripts. No, and the other thing was Connery signed on because he wanted to work with Cage on the movie. Nice. 
Interesting. And Connery also demanded that they set him up a cabin on Alcatraz that he could stay at during the filming instead of having to take the boats in every day. Fucking love Sean Connery. <laughs> uh, if you have not seen The Rock... Shut up and go watch The Rock. Yeah, take two and a quarter hours. The loose idea is Nicolas Cage's such a beautifully named Dr. Stanley Goodspeed, who is an FBI scientist dealing with, like, chemical warfare and bombs. And Sean Connery is John Mason, who is in jail for mysterious reasons without actually ever having stood trial. He is also, importantly, the only person who escaped Alcatraz. Ed Harris is General Francis Hummel, who's like, hey, uh, we have done a bunch of shitty things. I don't feel bad about the shitty things, but I feel bad that if soldiers died doing our shitty things, they don't get proper burials and their families never find out. So we're going to take some horrifying skin-melting chemical weapons, take uh, everybody on Alcatraz, except for a field trip full of students uh, hostage, explicitly sending them away, and uh, unless we get $100 million, 86 million of that going to different families of people who, under Hummel's control, have been uh, never told what happened, uh, yeah, we're going to shoot these horrifying melting missiles at uh, San Francisco. The government's like, oh shit, we can't do that. Also, we don't have enough stuff to just bomb everything right now. And so they send in Cage and John Mason after convincing him that they'll let him go free, even though they plan on not letting him go free, along with a team of Navy SEALs. The Navy SEALs try and do everything by the book. It gets slaughtered, so it's up to Cage and Mason, or Goodspeed and Mason, to take down everybody else in the remaining, or add all of the bombs there. And meanwhile, Hummel struggles with the own course of his actions when the United States government does not give him the money that he wants and his old and his own men seeing him unwilling to do what he promised because they realize that they become essentially mercenaries. They're like, oh yeah, no, we're taking over this mission. To be fair, those weren't his men. Those are like people who joined up with his crew. Yeah. Fair. Because he, um, he, he makes specific comment that he's never worked with them before. Right. And I think it's also worth pointing out that, like, they were okay enough with getting the money, that they were okay with never being able to set foot on U.S. soil again and, like, leaving their families. So it was very much set up in the beginning that they were just here for the fucking money. And it becomes mm. a big issue for them when the money is not forthcoming. And in, like, the really just kind of afterthought story, Nicolas Cage's Catholic girlfriend is pregnant. She just told him. And when they get interrupted having sex so Nicolas Cage can go on this mission, she decides to follow shortly after, unaware that San Francisco is being targeted with a bomb. To be fair, Cage invites her because he is also unaware that... <laughs> Yeah, he believes it's a training day. Yeah. So, important question. Who all has been to San Francisco? 
Nope. Nope. I have. It's beautiful. The only place in California I have been is San Diego. For Comic Con. Yep. I've been to Southern California because my mom's family lives there, but I've never been to NoCo. Now, does anybody here know what Alcatraz means? Luke, what does Alcatraz mean? The Island of Pelicans. Yay. This is just a great film. Mm -hmm. It is a very enjoyable movie about gushers that you do not want to eat. And it helped lead Britain to enter the war in Iraq. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Because some British Secret Service agent decided to try to sell to everyone why Saddam Hussein was making chemicals of weapons of mass destruction. And specifically was talking about anthrax and the way he described it was basically what these weapons were in this movie. Christ. And oh. yeah, it was he was later found to be lying, but for some reason MI6 didn't decide to tell Tony Blair that he was lying. Christ. Well, yeah, they want to go and get to kill people. Well, hundred percent. Yeah, because one of the uh, writers of the movie has been like very disappointed because he's like, yeah, and that's always a nice way for like your film to have that as this legacy. Christ. Because I guess he's just talking about the fact that like all the chemicals are going to be stored in glass containers, which the writer was like, "Oh, I mean that's not real." Like, if you talk to any like chemical person, they will tell you glass containers are stupid to put your stuff in. Yeah, absolutely. No one would actually do that. We just did it for the movie because it was cool. Christ, that's great. Yeah. That. That's a real big bummer time, Devin. Thank you for that bummer time. You're welcome. Uh, additional uncredited screenwriters for this movie include Quentin Tarantino. I which said Devin that at the beginning, Luke. Which Devin mentioned. I was planning on saying that. But also Aaron fucking Sorkin. Interesting. Fucking mm-hmm. Jesus. This is also Michael Bay's favorite film that he has directed. That seems valid. This is the only Michael Bay film I have seen, but this seems very valid. I mean, to be fair, it's it's far and away his best film. Because it wasn't written for 12-year-olds? Oh, the Bad Boys movies weren't either. Or Armageddon. Basically, his non-Transformers movies, for the most part, are good. (laughs) So, yeah. And I do like Transformers 1, but... I'm just really proud of myself that I guessed right before they entered the um, shower room that Mason and Goodspeed were going to be the only fucking survivors. Yeah, that is a good guess. And it, also, it also is good for the plot. It's very good for the plot, because everyone else kind of sucked. Yeah. Also... John C. McGinley was just kind of like a very prominent extra. Yeah, well, that's kind of what he was, though, around that time. Fair. I just wasn't... And he's like always like a weird like army person, because he's in Platoon. What were so 
percentage of Cage's films? Does he play some sort of military and or cop person? Mm, well, back then, a pretty high significant... Well... Pretty decent significant part back in the day. Let's look at that man's filmography. Actually, it's actually a lot of it's just mid nineties because early nineties we get him more as the criminal. Fair. In reference to the wild ass boiler room, Michael Bay did admit that yeah, it doesn't make sense that uh. The yeah, you wouldn't. They wouldn't go in a fucking cistern. Well, and that it's still running, even though nobody has used it. And it's just like, yeah, but it's great. It's awesome. Christ. Well, okay. that's how Michael well, Bay always is, because it's always still my favorite, which is drunk Ben Affleck doing his audio commentary for the film Armageddon. When uh, Ben Affleck starts questioning Michael Bay, he's just like, yeah, why are you training drill people to become astronauts to destroy this asteroid? Wouldn't it just be easier to train the astronauts to be drill people? I mean, Christ, all you do is point the drill down and turn it on. <laughs> Michael Bay's response was, shut the fuck up, Ben. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. God. Yeah. Just, just, just a great, great time. Like, again, why the fuck is there a mineshaft? complete with carts in and right the bottom of cool thing for him to fall through and land in. Right? Also, I love that it happened to be a bulletproof minecart. Yeah. Really handy to just have a bulletproof minecart. Well, it would have been like full solid steel, so that, make, that does make sense, depending on what the heck it was supposed to be carrying. Fair. I'm assuming it was like rocks or something, I don't know. Sure, you know, they just just had a quarry under Alcatraz. Prison labor. (sighs) God, beautiful. Just just everything was just wonderful, except for the characterization of the barber. Who was very much 90s stereotypical gay man. Yep. Oh, yeah. I really... I really could have done without the girlfriend fiance. Yeah, it's literally just a let's give him a bit more characterization for what he does outside of the movie. Though Cage, in one of his famous editions, said, uh, did come up with the he doesn't want to have kids personality trait. Which, but uh, that could have all been accomplished with like an off screen phone call. Oh, yeah. Which would have made it much more pleasant. She had bad 90s hair and brought absolutely nothing to this film whatsoever. Right. Her main background is also soap operas. I believe that. And, yeah, but the other thing, though, is if you get rid of her, there are no women in the movie at all. That's false. You had his daughter. You had uh, Sean Connery's daughter. Sean Connery's daughter. Right. Which, first off, I love that actress. I was happy she's in it. You may remember her, I'm going to just assume only Luke, from the hit Kevin Smith film, Mallrats. That would be an accurate assumption, Devin. Was she the girl who was into, like, the science and recording all the time she had sex? No. No, she's the one that T.S. is trying to get back with. She is Michael Rooker's Oh. 
That's right. Okay, okay. Nineties cage is just best cage. Oh, I also guessed that um the doll would definitely fucking shoot some Saren out. Oh, for sure. I couldn't remember yep. if that was real or if it was just a joke. When that scene was happening. That like was if weird. it was actually going to shoot Saren? No, more of a couldn't tell if they were doing that or if they were just fucking with the new guy. Nah, yeah. No, not so much. I do wish, like, we would have gotten a little bit more explanation as to, like, hey, when you shoot this essentially antidote into your heart, it kind of makes it so you, like, shut down for a few minutes. Yeah. Because that would have made it a little bit better to, like, as why Cage was like, I'm not fucking gonna pump this into my heart. Mm -hmm. Fun fact. Fun fact, in the doll scene, Nicolas Cage did not actually wear the suit. It was assistant uh, assistant prop master Skip Crank who dressed in the costume to defuse the prop bombs because Nick Cage was afraid he would destroy the dolls. An accident. Nice. What? Classic Cage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Dick Cage's hands are just too big to not break these dolls. Most a classic reason for him not to do a C. Yeah. I I do love how IMDb sometimes is just like, oh, all of these people just appeared in these specific movies with each other as trivia, which sometimes it's interesting because you can be like, oh, yeah, I guess John C. McGinley and Tony Todd did both play soldiers in other movies. Which is, like, who most of these characters are. Also, I love Tony Todd. It was nice to see him in more things. He Which was one was Tony Todd? He was a character in the TV show 24, apparently. Uh, he was the Rocket Man. Ah, okay. God, what a fucking brilliant scene. He would be known, though, for his more famous role as the Candyman in the horror franchise. The Candyman. Let's see. Have I seen anything else Tony Todd has been in? Let me pull up his. I was gonna say, there's so many people we could do this with. Damn. Oh, like everyone's oh. in this movie. Also, for those who are keeping count at home, 25 people died in this movie. Is that all? Mm-hmm. I would have guessed that it was a much higher body count. Oh, and when the FBI director was thrown off the roof during filming, there were several calls from people in the hotel and around the area who called because they just saw a man dangling. I really thought that, like, his, like, feet were gonna shoot through the window or, like, somebody was gonna fucking notice out of that group of FBI agents who were just fucking sitting around eating lobster. I have seen a total of seven Tony Todd films. So we're starting off with Tony Todd. I've seen all three of the Candyman. I've seen Final Destination 3. Guess he was the voice of the Fallen in the Transformers movie. And then as some random voice in Lego DC Comic Superheroes, Justice League, Attack of the Legion of Doom. 
I guess he voices Darkseid. I can see that he could make a pretty decent Darkseid. I've... Tony Todd basically is all about the voice. Yeah, I have seen three television episodes that he has been in. And no films. Nice. He was in an episode of Charmed, an episode of CSI Miami, and an episode of Psych. Yeah, I've only seen one Tony Todd movie, and... Is it this one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I've now seen a Tony Todd movie. You haven't seen Candyman, Luke? No. I thought at the beginning of the episode we established that I'm afraid of horror movies and I'm really weird about seeing them. Yeah, but you went to the what's it called, the horror marathon. Yeah, but that's different. Well, they showed it that's at one of the horror marathons. Yeah, but not not one of them that I went to. Nah. Uh, I have seen him in Batman Brave and the Bold and Young Justice. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I guess the big one we're going to get to is Sean Connery. Oh, I think I... Like, his big level... Sean. The range of movies that he's been in, I think, is going to leave us with some very different counts. I can't recall offhand anything that I have seen Sean Connery in. We'll see if that is accurate or not. I've seen a ton of his... uh, What's it called? Pretty much like all his Bonds. For non-Bond films, I've seen Leave Extraordinary Gentleman, The Rock, Untouchables, and Indiana Jones. Uh, I was... Have you seen Highlander? Nope. Have you seen, uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves? Nope. Well, I've seen parts of it. Okay, I have ten on my list, which is less than I thought, but I've seen... Most of his Bond movies, I just missed uh, Doctor No, and then the one where he does Yellow Face. You only live. No, not you only live. But that's the one where he was doing. Yeah, I mean, he has been in a lot of Bond movies. Mm-hmm. He was in the original Bond, was he? He was. Okay. I thought there was one dude who did, like, two of them before Sean Connery took them. Well, there was technically Peter Sellers did one, but that was kind of a comedy. Well, and that wasn't even before. That was during the other Bond franchise, because the rights for Casino Royale were weird. Yeah. I have seen The Rock is the only Bond face. is the only Sean Connery movie I've ever seen. Never seen Indiana Wait, Jones three. I've never seen an Indiana Jones. Yeah. Devin, have you seen Zardoz? No. Okay. Wild. I mean, Zardoz is not a good film. And yeah, uh, Never Say Never Again was the one that I was thinking of, where he just comes back to play an unofficial Bond. Like, why a movie? Interesting. 
He just had six years between 2006 and 2012 when he was not actively acting. That's because he retired, but then he like came back for something. Because he came out of retirement regretfully to do League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah, that... Oh. Well, and then he hasn't done anything since 2012. I mean, that's kind of a... He doesn't need to. Yeah, no, I'm not... Yeah. I'm only commenting on the interesting gaps in Sean Connery's acting career. Devin, who would you like to check next? Uh, John Spencer. The Blues Explosion, man. To oh, be fair, from West I was going to say, to be fair, I actually really haven't seen many movies with him, but most importantly, he is Leo McGarrick from the hit television program, West Wing. Oh, and he was in Twilight, but not that Twilight. Because yeah, I've only ever seen him in one more movie, it's War Games. Yeah, I've not seen him in any other movies. I got The Rock. Nice. You should watch board games. That one's fun. It's a 1980s one with uh, Matthew Broderick in it. Ooh, baby Broderick. Well, and then we got a uh, William Forsythe actor. Oh, also, I feel like we need to discuss the chase scene because the chase scene is fucking beautiful. Oh, it is. I think that might truly be the only chase scene I've ever, like, really, truly, enthusiastically enjoyed. You should watch other Bay chase scenes, because the one in Bad Boys 2 is also great. That was just such a good chase scene. And it's also one of my favorites, because in, like, most movies, how you always have, like, like, all the crazy car crashes during chase scenes, and like, wow, look how many people are probably dead. Michael Bay takes the time in Bad Boys 3 to insert a line of dialogue where the captain uh, admonishes uh, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence and specifically states, you guys caused all this destruction. Thank God no one died. Jesus Christ, that is amazing. It's like, wow. Look at you, Michael Bay, thinking of the little man. Christ. Oh, I have only seen... uh two other movies with uh, William Forsythe, one which we covered on here, Raising Arizona, where he was John Goodman's criminal partner. And then the other is Dick Tracy, where he played Flattop. I have also seen Dick Tracy. The only other one I have seen is The Devil's Rejects. That's also a good movie, Luke. You should watch that one, too. Have you seen Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo? No. Fuck Rob Schneider. That was established. Fuck Rob Schneider. Yes. And the librarian's movie that he was in is also known as Strike Force and has nothing to do with the TVS movie and then uh, TV series. I never watched the show or movies because I didn't care. It's... 
It's pretty much American Doctor Who stuff. Mm. It's like a worst version of, like, if you kind of, like, smashed Leverage and Warehouse 13 together and then make it a worse version of both of those things. Where I have actually Earth's... seen neither of those shows. Oh, you need to watch Leverage. Ooh, but if we go to Michael Bine, that's where he gets himself. He was in Greece. he was in Terminator, he was in Aliens. B-Y-N-E. Mm-hmm. B-I-E-H-N. It's B-N. Terminator 2. Oh, and I've only... But only in a cameo role. Yeah. Uh, I mean, same with Grindhouse, where he was just... Well, no, he also had an actual role there. The only other William Forsyth movie I've seen has been Raising Arizona. Yeah, Michael Bean yeah. got him as a, yeah, as a Hicks and uh, Kyle Reese. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I got Grease and The Rock. He's apparently going to be in The Mandalorian season two. I've seen like part of Take Me Home tonight. I've seen parts of Clockstoppers. Oh, I have seen all of Clockstoppers in theaters. Nice. I was I wanted to see it in theaters, but my parents did not take. And then also his great film, which we'll eventually cover, which is the hit Nicolas Cage movie Deadfall. Quite honestly, that might be the most wildest Cage film I, I have ever seen. <laughs> and then I have also seen the episode of Criminal Minds he would have been in. Yes. Yeah, we can skip Vanessa Marcel, who I don't think any of us have seen. 976 Wish, Night Sky, Sleep Alone, This Space Between Us, or Stormwatch, a.k.a. Virtual Storm, a.k.a. Code Hunter. I have not. Nope. Then we got John C. McGinley. Oh, John C. McGinley. The McGinley. John C. McGinley. How dare you, Google? I like watching, like looking up some of these. I'm like, I have no recollection of you being in that film. Mm-hmm. Like Seven. I don't remember him being in Seven. <laughs> or Point Break. I also don't recall him being in Point Break. <laughs> Well, we remember him in Office Space. I've only seen parts of Office Space. I don't think Office Space is that good. The C stands for Christopher. Hashtag hot take. I don't remember him in Stealing Harvard. That was the next one I was going to say. I very much don't remember him in Stealing Harvard. (laughs) I also wouldn't consider It's a Very Merry Muppet Christmas movie an actual movie. It was shown on TV. Called a made-for-TV movie, Luke. It's not a film. Still a short, Luke. Is it a movie? What it? The original one. With Tim Curry. That was made for TV. Huge night event, Luke. Nope. I'll, I'll make that stance now. 
Yeah, it's fine to be God, wrong. that's like your fucking flavor stance. What is wrong with you? I, I love his credit in Wild Hogs as gay highway patrolman. That's probably awful. I remember Pro- Wild Hogs. Yeah, okay, actually, I've seen less of John McGinn movies than I thought I would have. I've seen a lot more John McGinley TV shows. Remember when he was uh, Doug Prep Course, Devin? And what? Clone High. Mm, no. The Trucker? Oh, I couldn't have told you that was him. Yeah, but that show just had a whole bunch of random appearances of uh, Scrubs cast. Played someone in the uh, Doogie Howser Spider-Man cartoon. What is a... I like that cartoon. Doogie Howser Spider-Man cartoon. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris did the voice, and I was blanking on his name for a second. Oh, did the voice okay. of Spider-Man for MTV in the... Tri- you right did now. a John Leguizamo. Yeah. Well, mm, <laughs> No, because Doogie Howser is at least played by Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> John Leguizamo is a completely <laughs> unrelated man. Fine. But this was an excellent, excellent movie. I did not hate watching at 10 o'clock in the morning. Nice. Oh, wait, but the last person, Bokeem Woodbine. I've surprisingly seen way more movies of than I would have thought. I think it's one of those where he's in a lot of movies. Because Luke would probably remember him, and maybe, Abby, I don't know if you've seen it. He was the shocker in Spider-Man Homecoming. I have seen Spider-Man Smash Smash Moon. Nice, then he was the shocker, or the second shocker. His face looks very familiar. Oh, he was in the remake of Total Recall. I remember that. It was very confusing. Do you know who goes to Mars? Ain't no one, that's who. Wait, nobody goes to Mars on the remake? No. And no three boob woman? No three boob woman, and no one's going to Mars. Christ. Yeah, no, it was not good. And quite truly, if they tweaked the script a little bit and just made it like its completely own thing, it actually would have been a not terrible (laughs) sci-fi movie. But it, it was that phase where it was just like, yeah, we're going to either... I'm not sure if they were actually just like, we're remaking these or we're just uh, putting these titles on. Yeah, because like they, they have the recall machine, but like it's a completely different storyline. Oh, he was also in Mom and Dad. I saw that. I don't remember him in that one either. Neither do I. To be and fair, I really only remember Nicolas Cage and Selma Blair in it, but... And the random Grant Morrison appearance. Sure. <laughs> Grant Morrison and Dr. Oz are both shown as TV commentators. Hmm. 
But I do remember him in the Great Black Exploitation uh, parody, Black Dynamite. I have not actually seen it. Ah, it's very good. I have seen no Bokeem Woodbine films except for The Rock. I have seen... I did just see him in a rewatch of an episode of CSI Miami, which is why his face looked very familiar. Wait, did you not see Spider-Man Homecoming? I did. Okay, that and Spider-Man Homecoming. I did see Spider-Man Homecoming. You didn't see Ray? No. Oh, and... There's also Greg Sporlitter who was in between, uh, who was in A League of Their Own, and Twister, and being John Malkovich. R.I.P. Bill Paxton. Hotel for Dogs, 17 again. I do enjoy 17 again. And then it just goes into... So weirdly enough, because I'm looking at the letterbox page, playing rear F-18 pilot is Jim Caviezel. Who is the guy with the smushy face who Anyone? I said looked familiar? Anyone? I, I am familiar with Jim Caviezel. No, no idea who that He's is. He's Jesus. He's Jesus in The Passion of the Christ. Oh, yay. Will he be Jesus in the or Passion his, of the Christ, too? Potentially. Or he was also uh, Edmund Dantes in the Count of Monte Cristo movie with Guy Pearce. Uh, smushy face guy who sort of looked like Brendan Fraser. Mm-hmm. I think that's spoiler. Um, I'm checking. First name John? Yep, yep, that's Greg Sporlitter. Who's that? Yep. Guy with crazy eyes who had hair like 90s Brendan Fraser. He followed um, Cage into the um, lighthouse. Oh, gets the thing shoved in his mouth? Yep. Yeah. He's the, dead, the death gusher. Yeah. Why does he look... I need to figure out why he looks familiar. Uh, he was in Little House on the Prairie as Mr. Edwards. Oh, he was in keeps, 17 again? Spore letter. I thought you were saying spoiletter. And the Google search was coming up with absolutely nothing. Also, first film ever. Say anything. Be- Classic. I have not seen Say Anything. Oh, that's a great one. I've also not seen Say Anything. Oh, that's a great one. I've seen bits of it. And David Morse, he is also pretty big. I always remember him as that person who made the TV show House bad. Because I hated that season and was the reason I quit watching it. Wow. That's a... Indictment. Yeah. Something against him as an uh, actor, but it was that entire one. It was like he was like the cop that House fucked it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that that arc lasted way too long. God, just House went in such a fucking crazy direction. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, speaking of crazy directions, there was a plan that was never followed up on for a sequel. Where it was going to be Nicolas Cage on the run with his then-wife because he has the film and he has to seek out Sean Connery to help him avoid the government. God, I'm glad that never got made. Yeah, I think that would have fallen too far. Alcatraz, too, has literally nothing to do with Alcatraz. It's called The Rock, but yeah. It's That's still the, the same thing, because so The Rock is Alcatraz. That's it's nickname. I did have a problem with this film, which is a very personal issue, that every time they said The Rock, I just had the song Welcome to The Rock from Come From Away start playing very loudly in my head for about 30 seconds every time they said nice. it. Okay, that is, that is a... <laughs> yeah, I know you are going to say you thought of wrestler turned actor. I was going to say, I mean, to me, The Rock, when I think of that is, yeah, it's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. No, but you also haven't spent the last three months just listening to the soundtrack to Come From Away on repeat. That's correct, I have not. It is an awesome soundtrack, and it's very good for 2020. Nice. I like this movie, too, because there was the weird censorship that I was reading about that happened in England, which was certain scenes were cut for being too violent, but then made other scenes not make any sense. What? Please, please expound on that. Uh, like when Sean Connery throws that knife into the dude's throat and then says, never hesitate. That scene was cut <laughs> because that, that, uh, the knife scene was too violent for the Brits. But then later when Cage saves him and Connery makes a comment saying, I'm glad you didn't hesitate You didn't too hesitate? Long, that scene then makes no sense because it was referencing a previous scene that no one saw. Oh my god, beautiful. Okay, I got a question for y'all. Mm-hmm. Could Dr. Benjamin Gates beat Dr. Stanley Goodspeed in the fight? No. Absolutely. Mm. At the beginning, yes. I mean, I think by the end of it, Goodspeed had done more shit and would beat Gates's ass. Mm-hmm. Benjamin Gates would not shove a poisonous bomb into another man's mouth and then punch him in the jaw. Yeah, I was going to say, I think as soon as um, Goodspeed has actually fired the gun, at that point forward, he can then beat the hell out of Gates. Oh, wait, there's one thing I want to look up. Luke, come up with some other topic. Uh, so, fun fact, for the scene where he got punched in the mouth, uh, the... I mean, I, I can also edit out breaks. Uh, or you can just have some fun audio commentary, Luke, while we talk about things. It's the movies, man. Ooh, that's not fun audio commentary at all. I agree. And I was just pulling out a random line out of the IMDb page that I'm trying to... That is bad. Um, I really... I don't understand why we did not specifically see them driving away with their just married sign in a fucking peach Volvo. That was a fucking peach VW or beige VW. It and it says Volvo on it. That was a lie. 
They just fucking rebranded a VW Bug. Oh, 100%. Uh, oh, here's so what I was the, looking for. It was, did Cage get ripped off when he said that he spent $600 on that vinyl copy of With the Beatles? The answer is yes. That record goes maybe for $400 nowadays. For a mint <laughs> copy. Right. Well, and it was also never said, like, if this was, like, a first issue pressing of it, or if it was, like, hey, we just did a re-release, give us 600 bucks, we'll send you a vinyl. It was mid-90s, I mean, so vinyls would have stopped by that point in the game. But it was also before you really had the type of collector's market that you have now, where if he found it, he might have been willing to part that much. I suppose. Uh, the other... The other thing I was going to say is Cage's line, eat that you fuck, when he punches the chemical bomb in the mouth, was initially, did I ever tell you I was going to be a dad? But Nicolas Cage hated it. Bruckheimer pushed him to give it a shot and then was like, no, it doesn't work. Eat that you fuck. Works, especially because for so long Cage does not swear compared to everybody else around him. Right. Oh, that, that's beautiful. And Cage not swearing was a Cage suggestion. I totally believe that. There were definitely some, like, very good, like, on-brand Cage moments, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I completely believe that he would have set up the I'm just sitting in my underwear playing the guitar yes, after that... I just dismantled the fucking bomb. Yep, uh, though him and Michael Bay have different reasons for it. Cage said that it was to show that he was truly at home. Well, Michael Bay thought that it just meant that Nicolas Cage wanted to show off his body. That's not a Cage reason, Michael Bay. Do better. Uh, Also, when Ed Harris had to film the scene where they took the hostages, he initially had problems not laughing at the tour guide. He said that he had a case of the giggles. That's fair. The tour guide was fairly ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I do think it's interesting. I do believe there were other children hostages. So it's interesting that Cage was just like, specifically you, tour group, or children without parent chaperones, get out of here. But if you have parent chaperones, hang on to your socks. It was more like some rowdy teens. Rowdy teens deserve to be taken hostage. Mm-hmm. That is a hot take, Devin. I mean, we also never get scenes with the other hostages in the same way that, like, Con Air, we got a lot of scenes with people who were being taken hostage. But it wasn't really... To be fair, there was also only, like, two people that were hostage. Right. In Con Air. And they were, and they didn't really, and I don't know. To me, the hostages weren't the point of the film. Where was kind of the point of the film? Yeah. In Con Air. Mm-hmm. I was very confused by the is Ed Harris's wife. Also, does she also have a military background? Because she was definitely buried in like a fake Arlington kind of situation. Yeah, potentially. Probably. Actually, by that I mean yes, probably. Yeah, I suppose he spent so long in the military that that's very quite possible. 
They probably plus, met Nom. Yep. I mean, plus it was the thing where it was like, I think Ed Harris was a good villain because like, he he has a very sympathetic reasons for why he's doing what he's doing. Ed Harris had some valid points. He's just going a little too far. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and his ultimate goal is not we did things that were illegal that made us disowned. It was we didn't properly honor these people who did things that were just that were illegal and got us disowned. Yeah, but for the military, that's about as good as you're going to get, Luke. Mm-hmm. Oh, also the guy who got his stock car, his Humvee stolen in this movie by Sean Connery also gets his Humvee stolen in National Treasure. Oh yes, I think we did discuss yes. that mm-hmm. last time. Just bring it back. I'm, I'm trying to find if the tour guide is listed out here and I cannot find the tour guide listed on the IMDb page. That's fascinating because I believe that the tour guide actually had more lines than John C. McGinley. Probably. I'm not actually sure that McGinley, like, says anything other than, like, Sir, yes, sir. Well, and I also can't remember the name of the tour guide. I don't think we ever... Did he say his name? I don't think we had a he name. He did. Did we? Mm-hmm. Captain McFuzzy Pants. Your friendly Alcatal Toad Uh, nope, when I'm trying to look up, uh, the Alcatraz tour guide, it's bringing up, So I Married an Axe Murderer, where he is played by Phil Hartman. This was not played by Phil Hartman, though. God, if only. God. But yes, just, just a great, great quality action film. Mm-hmm. You get enough to enjoy the film, get a good amount of, like, uh, development for the cast. Cage making the choice to drive the Lamborghini through the shop was just great Mm -hmm. and highly enjoyable. A plus, highly recommend. Well, before we wrap up, uh, anything else to say? Go watch The Rock. Yeah, I mean, if this has not made you want to pause and watch The Rock already, it means you've probably either seen The Rock or... I, I don't know why you would be... You enjoy the three of us talking? Hi, Jeff. Hello, Jeff. Nobody enjoys the three of us talking. No, Jeff does. Also, muzzle top, Jeff. Oh, yeah. Congrats, Jeff, on your wedding. Congrats, Jeff. It made me cry. (laughs) This is a special part of the show where we all talk to Jeff and say nice things. Uh, But, yeah. Devin, where can you be found online? Oh, you can find me online at Fred Fett, that's F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T, and Abby, where can people find you? You can find me online at Twitter at AdamNominus, that's A-B-B-N-O-N-M-O-U-S-E. There's no E on the end, I just found the key out. Also, there's a Y in there, too, but... 
Yeah, you kind of went too fast. I like we'll how I can spell Abby's handle better than she can. Twitter! It's a thing! Mm. You can find me at Twitter, Twitter subtweeting Luke on his own thread. I'm not going to lie, that was actually going to be my next suggestion. It was like, just go look at some of Luke's posts. You'll probably find a response to some one of them. <laughs> I like the part where no one has asked me where I can be. Oh, a consummate reply guy. Luke, where can you be found online? Well, first, the way that you find is you go to Abby's Twitter, and then you just see the tweets and replies, and eventually you'll find one of Luke's. Yep, her Twitter is at Abnonymous, A-B-B-N-O-M-Y-M-O-U-S. Luke, where can you be found on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Oltreg, that's K-O-L-T-R-E-G. This podcast is part of the Luke Hair Podcast Project. If you aren't following it on Patreon, uh, that's what you have to look for to find this podcast. You can find more about it at LukeHair.com, where I have links to all the podcasts that I do, some of the others which also feature Devin. Uh, we will be back in two weeks with GeForce. If you'd like to start suggesting, if you'd like to start suggesting movies for the next batch of four that we pick from. Uh, head on over to Twitter and probably message me because I'll take notes. Or if you back us on the Patreon for as little as one dollar a month, uh, you can go and suggest what cage. Give you me do. power. Send them only to me. I will not tell anyone else, and then I will suggest everything. <laughs> I mean, what we'll probably do is each of us picks a movie that hasn't been suggested. Or something, and then the fourth will be a audience suggestion. We're only going to watch Wicker Man, and we're just going to compare Nick Cage's bees in the face to Nick Cage's shoving this bomb into this other guy's face. Do you think Nick Cage shoves bees into another person's <laughs> mouth in Wicker Man? I know they get into his orifices somehow. I assume he eats bees. Uh, I mean, we'll be out of the spooky season by that time, but, you know, nothing says uh, Harvest like uh, a November showing of Wickerman. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they get into... I don't think he, like, picks them up with a fork and eats them. I do believe that he, like, consumes bees against his will somehow. <laughs> oh, Abby. Abigail. Uh, yeah, our, our next batch of movies will be in... Uh, I think we might have one more. No, we will be covering the world premiere of Crudes 2 at some point, because okay. that's a thing that's happening. Well, actually, the real one that we need to be uh, doing is Jiu-Jitsu, which is coming out in November. Oh, yeah, that sounds uh, wild. I was going to say uh, we could probably do... Nick Cage has done, like, at least one Christmas movie, wasn't he, in a... Uh, Of... It was in an adaptation of Christmas Carol. Yeah, that's animated. Oh God! Oh God! Yeah. Beautiful. So I mean, that might be one of our suggestions, but uh, suggest other movies so Abby can know what Wicker Man is about. But yeah, November twentieth, Nicholas Cage eat, and eat, Tony Shaw and Frank Grillo have to karate fight aliens. I'm sorry. What? Do you want? Yeah. It's one of the new movies that's coming out. Dear God. 
I was going to say he plays Dimitri Lodipis, but that's the director's name. He plays Wiley. Wiley. The one that I'm really uh, excited for is Willy's Wonderland. They have not announced when that one's coming out yet. It's still supposed to be 2020, according to Wikipedia. Yeah. That could change. That's the Five Nights at Freddy's knockoff. Apparently it was originally called Wally's Wonderland, but apparently there's actually a place called that, and they told them no. I believe that. I mean, you don't want your uh, prank to be associated with murderous robots that want to steal your skin? See, my thing is quite cheerfully. I've never heard of Wally's Wonderland. If anything, I would say that would cause more buzz. Quite cheerfully, I would be fine with it. What state do you think that Wally's Wonderland is? I think that's a Jersey thing. Find out where Wally's Wonderland is. I am trying, but it's just redirecting me to Willy's Wonderland. I agree. It keeps. Theme Park! I'm not looking for Wally's Wonderland around the Hocking Hills. Yeah, I'm just going to go to Google Maps. Yeah, that's what I was trying to do. Google Maps cannot find Wally's Wonderland. Yeah, it just keeps bringing up with East Wonderland. But it keeps... Yeah, but like it says, that's why they had to change it. I mean, it's already... Uh, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. Where's fucking Wally's Wonderland at? <laughs> no. That totally sounds like a fucking Jersey thing. Yeah, everything is just about this movie, but I want to know why they had to change the name. Also, come on, IMDb trivia. You tell me a lot of bunch of other bullshit that I don't care about. This is actually an interesting tidbit. Where's this at? Uh, Boo. Yeah, I... Boo. I don't appreciate this. <laughs> Google now wants me to add the location of Lolly's Wonderland to Google. I would if I could. Well, yeah. yeah. Apparently, it's gotten good reaction from the cans or people who wanted to risk their life to see. No, because yeah. a lot of the Confil Festival got put on uh, line. Because, like, I know some of the, movie, the film festivals, they did it where it was all driving ones. Wow. But, yes. Join us next time when we will not be watching Willy's Wonderland. We will be watching G-Force. G-Force. Which I was going to play the movie tie-in game to get jump prepped for it so we could talk about that. But I found out that like, every actor came back to do the voice for the game. Except, except Cage. <laughs> I totally believe that.